Hello, Sam. Hello, Simon. There's something there's something different about this week. I don't um, know. I don't know. I feel, feel like teleportation was invented because you have materialized in front of my face. That's probably it. Hey, we're in the same room. It's so cool. Yeah, that 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 explains a lot. <laughs> I was like, something's going on something's here. Something's different. Something is not like it always is. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's uh, yeah, it's good to good to see you. Mm-hmm. I get to hear you a lot. I don't get to see you that exactly. much. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So how are things going? Yeah, good. Crazy busy, but always always fun. What's the best thing that's happened this week? Oh, oh man, you're putting me on the spot. Um, <laughs> meeting a friend that I haven't seen, a high school friend I haven't seen for 10 years for lunch. Okay. And realizing that it, we could catch up. It was like five minutes of, okay, what are you doing now in your life? Mm-hmm. And then straight back into just normal grooves of friendship. That was lovely. Nice. Yeah. And that's, you? Uh, uh, seeing you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's cut for the approximate answers. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, see, uh, seeing you, being in Joburg, and um, and that's all fairly rad. Do you ever and, miss Joburg? Uh, I do and I don't. I miss people. I don't uh. generally miss places so much, mm. uh, and especially not Johannesburg. <laughs> the drive over to your office this morning reminded me of how little I miss Johannesburg. Uh, there we go. And, or aspects um, of it. The cute ducklings in our garden don't quite match up to your full forest on your doorstep. Yeah, no, not, not quite, but... <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's okay. Mm. Joe Burger tries. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's quite sad about these ducklings? They, they, we, we've kind of been watching them since they hatched, and they, they, they're very adorable, and they walk around. And on the first day, they were 12, and we've got a lot of cats in our complex. Mm-hmm. And on the second day, they were 11. And on mm-hmm. the third day, they were 9. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's fairly devastating. I don't know if any of them are going to live. Oh, dear. I've got a lot of new toys this week. That's always fun. That's exciting. What? Yeah. Whenever I come to Joe Burger, people give me things. So <laughs> yesterday, I saw um, the guys from Nintendo, and they gave me a 2DS. Ooh. Which is perhaps the strangest thing ever made. What but is I just, a 2DS? Explain. It's, so <laughs> Nintendo's got the 3DS yes. with the 3D screen on top. Yeah. The 2DS, take a guess, uh, doesn't. doesn't have the 3D <laughs> screen. It's like a cheaper 3DS. It doesn't clamshell either. So they've got both screens kind of stuck on top of That's one. so weird. And as with everything Nintendo does, it just works. It's oh, okay. awesome. Like, I <laughs> but, love But Nintendo. if you have a 3DS, then what would you do with your 2DS? Uh, I, th- I think this is for people who don't have a 3DS okay. or people who don't like 3D or mm. only have one eye or <laughs> I don't know or wear glasses or wear glasses pos- well you know like my oldest son has got um, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the condition but he's one eye is a bit weaker than the other one mm. so he can do 3D but it's not so kiff so yeah. for him uh, maybe the 2DS is a better way to go and then I saw LG and they gave me a G2 oh which is um, it's, it's like <laughs> It's got the tackiest interface I've really? ever seen. Oh, man. But it's a spectacular phone other than that. Cool. Um, I want to be you. Just walk around. People give me things. It's like you're, you're a very well-paid quarterback. Sounds better than it is, Sam. <laughs> it sounds great, but in practice, oh. it's... Um, so, so oh, new, oh and I started reading a new book. Oh, well, there we go. Tell me about the new book. Scott Adams is... Oh, wait. I'm going to have to look up the title because it's got the single strangest title. Hmm. Well, not strange. Just uh, hefty, I guess. Um, overcomplicated. Wait, let me find it. It's Scott Adams. I think it's How to Fail at Everything and... Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big. Oh, that's Kind cool. of the story of my life. But Scott Adams is the guy who made Dilbert, right? That's right. The yeah. brain, the brain yeah. behind Dilbert. Yeah. So it's sort of kind of like a productivity book. Uh. Uh, kind of like an elaborate practical joke because you get the sense that that may be what it is. 
Um, but also just his his views on the world, unsubstantiated, mm. you know. Mm. Uh, so the chapter names are like goals are for losers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And, and oh, you that know. does make me feel better. I've never been able to set clear goals for myself. So well, the point he makes is is that is that systems lead you to winning yeah. goals don't get you anywhere yeah. you know and goal is an aspiration that you don't have to do anything about mm. but where you've got a system mm. uh, and I'm trying to think of a tangible example but my brain's not working very well this morning mm. um, but when you've got your, when your system is like do this every day as best I can or yeah. whatever yeah. like that leads to great places just having the goal mm. doesn't get you anywhere and actually I think sometimes having a very clear idea of what that goal is can take you backwards because you get such pleasure from imagining the outcome that yeah. it's kind of like you've you've done it already you know you've already got all that pleasure it's like when I started writing a novel this year and I went through this phase when I started and I was telling everyone I'm writing a novel it's so great and everyone was like oh pat on the back Mm. that's brilliant and then I got completely demotivated a month later because I'd kind of experienced some of that I've done this thing already um, even though I actually hadn't and I Mm. think it took Mm. me backwards by three months well what I love about him as well is he talks about um, so I guess it's causality in a way so he goes uh, you know being hungry makes you eat Mm. but eating also makes you hungry Mm. you know he's like uh, wanting to be a famous author makes you write but it's the writing that's going to make you the famous author so it's kind of like the whole go through the motions thing that Mm. you know Merlin Mann talks about as well Mm. Mm. like sometimes just doing something you Mm. know Mm. like dressing like a douchebag makes you a douchebag sometimes (laughs) it's not always the other way around you want so he's sort of um He's he's very much from the left field sort of let imagination shape reality versus reality shape imagination thing. He's like, uh. surround yourself with the kind of people that you want to be. Yeah. Start doing the things that the kind of person that you want to be does. Yeah. And guess what? Hey, she were. Dude, I think that's, that's actually more profound than it sounds. Um, I also think, you know, having goals, the problem is you have what are you basing those ideas of yourself on right you Mm -hmm. don't actually know what it's going to be like to be a fighter pilot until you are a fighter pilot and realize the hours are probably terrible and it's probably pretty boring at some point (laughs) Tom Cruise didn't have to do paperwork (laughs) exactly well uh, maybe he did and we don't know because you don't see all of the crap no I think uh, what's his name Goose uh, did all the paperwork Snow Goose uh, no just Goose and then died yeah terribly (gasps) sorry you were saying something I don't know about fighter pilots this this is also why I like setting goals I mean I think it's also more important to be responsive to the things that are actually happening in your life and I think sometimes with people who are like I'm going to be the best whatever they're on that path and that's what they're doing and anything that distracts them from that amazing goal is a a distraction you know Um, but actually these great opportunities come in and out of your life all the time and being available to go with things sometimes get to more interesting places yeah, and mm. I, I like that. So Scott Adams, great That's book. Cool. We'll yeah. put we'll put a link to it in our um, in our Imaginary notes. Our, our, <laughs> it doesn't. I, they're all up here, Sam. They're all in my head. Okay, uh-huh. and then they make their way onto the internet along with these conversations. That's cool. And um, uh, I and, was reading. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry. No, no, I was no. reading um, this incredible thing on brain pickings a couple of weeks ago, which is the the repository of all awesome on the internet. Um, about Vaughn, what's his name? Vanover Bush. Have you heard of Vanover no. Bush? Dude, this guy. Best name ever. Exactly. But no. Vanover Bush. Uh, so he was an American something, something, something in the 40s. Uh, he was responsible for spying. I don't know. He did something. <laughs> and um, sounds very No way. Is he a spy 
guy and his name is Van Overbush. <laughs> Sounds very. This would not arouse suspicion from any Russian out there. No, but uh, he wrote this amazing thing called um, "As We May Think." I think is the is the is the book he wrote, uh-huh. uh, where he pi- hypothesized what information would be like in fifty years, and he got it so right. He th- he hypothesized the Kindle and hyperlinking and all sorts of things. Wow! Um, and he spoke about information overload. He was like, "We're going to get to the space where there's too much information, and we can't actually do anything with it." Oh please! Ah, exactly right. But he he inv- hypothesized the invention of this thing that he called the Memex, which is basically like <laughs> the iPad. But he, there's these beautiful <laughs> illustrations that he did of what he thought it would be like, and it was as big as a desk, and it had all these machines <laughs> underneath the desk, you know, like the newsroom at Fox. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he had this idea of imagine a world where you could read a book and. If you found an idea that was interesting, you could go and read more about that thing and go down these little parts. Oh Hyperlinking, right? I think Larry Page may have read this book. Maybe. And then you could annotate your own notes into that thing. And then later, when you were trying to remember what it was, you could go and down the, the own passage, your passage that oh your brain Oh, my took. God. And it would all be stored. Amazing. So Okay, so called, what's his book called? Uh, As We May Think. As We May Think. It might have just been a very long paper, but yeah. Okay. Well, it'll be in the show notes as well. Uh, and this being the 18th conversation Sam and I have had on the internet, you will find it at seed.tv forward slash tbtd forward slash 18. And there's other cool stuff there. I'm not going to tell you about it. It's it's like a lucky packet. It's like an, an online lucky packet. You just go to seed.tv and then... And put things in your ears. Lollipops and things you could choke on. Just We should put some Easter eggs on that side. Just for funsies. Maybe we have. Uh, mm. Maybe you just haven't seen them yet. Maybe I haven't clicked around. Yeah. Maybe you should um, Maybe you should do that. Mm, totally. So, uh, yeah. so... You read a lot of books, Simon. It's I don't. No, you do. No, dude. I'm the worst reader in the world. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. It's the uh, only way I can do it, right? It's the same thing. That counts as reading. It does count as reading. It mm. absolutely does. Uh, but it's a different kind of reading. It's interesting. Like, uh, I will drive down a, 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 a road <laughs> listening to an audiobook, like in the middle of nowhere. Mm. And if I ever re-listen to that audiobook, that particular passage that was playing as I was driving down that road mm. will re- put me back there. I'll mm. remember the road. I'll remember the scene. It's it's mm. very interesting how audio... Maybe it's because I'm an audio person. Mm. I've always been, I guess, more of an audio person than a visual person. No, but I think that's pretty normal. Like, I think I think audio does lay down stronger sense memories. I mean, obviously, smell is, is the strongest thing. And there's something physically about the brain, I remember learning about this in psychology one mm-hmm. um where because your olfactory glands not glands what are they called i don't know sensor things nerves with the dangles that go into i just into heard olfactory and olfactory uh, uh so and your, i can't concentrate the nerves <laughs> that that uh, hang out into your sinuses and oh, smell yeah. things oh yeah those are, yeah, yeah, are yeah. right next to your memory center <laughs> in your brain and that's why smell <laughs> triggers memory better than anything else okay so maybe it's a similar thing that like yeah. Audio is closer to it than... than but there's audio. a whole retention thing going on with audio that mm. works for me. Mm. So it's either full tilt or nothing, right? So mm. sometimes I'll just completely phase out while I'm listening to an audiobook. Like mm. I'll be driving, listening to an audiobook, and five minutes later I'll go, okay, I need to start this chapter again. Yeah. I have not heard a word. Mm. But when I'm into it, I'm completely into it and I'm absorbing absolutely everything. Mm. Whereas often where I'm reading print... Um, I'll kind of be in an in-between state where I'm kind of picking up what I'm reading and kind of my mind's all over the place, mm. but I'm not really getting anything out of it. That's interesting. So I don't read a lot. I read fuck and slowly. Mm. Um, like I've been reading um, uh, Nassim Taleb's Anti-Fragile, mm. 
forever yeah because it just takes me so long to, to well firstly just to get the time but i mean read. that must be quite quite dense as well i don't know that's the best <laughs> thing about electronic books in any form yeah is you don't know right <laughs> so what before if i was at a bookstore looking yeah. at anti-fragile yeah. and it looked like you know uh Song of Ice a set of encyclopedias yeah. uh, i probably would have gone well that's not happening yeah but when you because you got it in ebook form it fools you yeah you're like i get so frustrated with that because i i have this thing where my reading spot is the bath so I get home and I get in the bath and it's nice and warm and I kind of keep topping it up and I keep reading and sometimes I end up sitting in there for like two hours I and need I to understand the mechanics Kindle no just like has the Kindle ever ended up in the bath nope but books wow. never ended up in the bath so this was my thought like books don't end up in the bath you need Sony Xperia tablet probably waterproof yeah, that would be I the know. way to go I do have a little waterproof sheet for my for my Kindle case if that's nice so, no it's been thought through um, but I, I make these bargains with myself it's like when you have the snooze button because I yeah. get into into books and then I'm like I really should get out of the bath and go and eat dinner or like, <laughs> speak to my boyfriend or something you know um, but I'm like okay cool I'm on 5% as soon as I hit 7%, 7%, and then you don't know how big your book is. So sometimes you're going and you're like, okay, it's been three hours. And I'm still, <laughs> still on 7%. Five. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah, so, um, so Kindle reading, yeah. best and worst thing ever. Um, I do find with, with Kindles, the one thing that is kind of sad for me is that when I was reading physical books, I was one of those people that a lot of people hate in that I, I had a pen and I would annotate as I was reading and uh-huh. kind of write down my thoughts around it. Uh-huh. And I just don't do that with with a Kindle. I know you can, but... I make lots of notes uh, on the Kindle when I, when I read that way, but I think it's because I use the Kindle app on my iPhone mostly. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't... Uh, I used to have a Kindle. I gave it to a friend of mine mm. who wanted one. But I... Taking notes on the Kindle with the keyboard was kind of easy. With the new touch Kindles, it's not mm. that great. Whereas on my iPhone, I can take notes pretty quickly. Mm. And I usually just highlight things as well and save them. Cool. And then what's pretty rad is I've got the Kindle app on my Mac. So, um, for example, Walter Isaacson, Steve Jobs, for some reason, mm. I took more notes from that book than any other book I've read probably. Mm. And it's rad being able to go back to the Kindle app and then seeing all the notes in one place, no, all the highlighted cool. passages. Yeah. It almost gives you like a condensed version of the book customized for you. That's rad. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's like your um, own Memex. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And why on earth Steve Jobs would be something I'd go back to, I'm not sure. But, I, haven't, uh, I haven't actually read It's like, how to be nasty to children and make computers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or exploit great engineers to make it. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, let's not talk about Steve Jobs. I don't actually have strong opinions about So, so back um, to Scott Adams, maybe. Yes. Because the whole time and space thing is, is something he talks about a lot in the book. Mm. And he... He said, he's got this thing where, if I remember correctly, he says happiness is a combination of freedom and energy, right? Mm. So he's like, it's it's no good being having all the things that you want if you don't get to consume them in the way that suits you, mm. which is usually a case of when, right? Yeah. So uh, I don't know why I'm, I'm even mentioning this, but I guess it ties in with reading. No, it's, a, it's an interesting Because I've got all the books I need. Yeah. I just don't have the time to read them. Yeah. And inevitably I end up reading because I've got like a little bit of free time standing in a queue or whatever, and mm. that's not the ideal place to consume that information. Mm. Whereas mm. audio books are just more compatible with my lifestyle. Yeah. You know? It makes sense. I mean, I think that's the tragedy of, of many people in the middle class, right, is that they, they're working very hard for stuff. Mm. and a beautiful home or whatever it might be and then have no time or energy to enjoy yeah. those things. My big my big motivator as a, as a kid of like 12 was video games, right? <laughs> I just wanted a console 
and games. That's yeah. all I wanted. Yeah. Um, but I had to save up for like six months to get a console. Yeah. And getting games was difficult because they were expensive. But mm. man, did I play the fuck out of those exactly games when right. I got there, right? <laughs> now, yeah. I have every console mm. in the world that is currently available. Yeah. In fact, some of them I have two of. Yeah. And every new game that comes out just arrives on my desk at work. <laughs> and I have zero time mm. to consume. It's the tragedy, yeah. I think back to the amount of free time I had in high school. It's ridiculous. And I think, why didn't I learn French or do amazing things? I had so much time. Yeah. But I, I, I loved the time that I had. I think you manufacture time, Sam. Yeah. I think you can. Little time machine. I think that's sort of what the show is about, isn't it? It is, yeah. Is, is getting, um, getting so good at the stuff that you have to do mm. <laughs> yeah. that it, A, produces the output that keeps your boss happy and, mm. B, makes it look like you're actually uh, doing it. Yeah. When actually it's just... <laughs> I Actually, I don't think that is the point. I don't think the point is about <laughs> appearing that you are doing things. No. I think the point is actually doing them more efficiently and better. Yeah, so absolutely. You do actually free up more time. Yeah, I, mm. I, yeah, uh, absolutely, Sam. Yes, there, yes. <laughs> one must contribute. <laughs> oh, must one really? It's not know. just video games and reading smart books. Damn the the Protestant streak in in South Africans. Like, damn it, you know. I what is could, that? Where does that come from? from myself. I mean, the yeah, strong Calvinist thing, you know, whether you're looking at the English influence or the Afrikaans influence, you know. It's Don't like, you think it, that our kind of isolationist situation for many years had something to do with it as very well? Very likely, yeah. Or maybe it had absolutely point. nothing to do with it. I don't know. But we do. We, we, we feel very guilty about being Is that a South African thing? I'm, I don't know. I've not lived anywhere else, so. Yeah. yeah. I, don't know. I have a lot of American friends who are like that. So, really? Yeah. Mm. It's a strange guilt complex Isn't that nobody that also can quite they explain. Isn't because no retirement savings? Not possibly. <laughs> so they quite literally have to. Poor <sighs> bastards. What are we talking about again? <laughs> I don't know. Books, energy. <laughs> <laughs> These uh, shows usually go best when we don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, totally. Though. Totally. Just meander. And Absolutely. No, we can meander in person. So, yeah, yeah, which is fantastic. So yeah. ducklings and uh, and books and video games mm. and Scott Adams. Mm. So highly recommend his book. Uh, I, you probably have forgotten the title, so it's a good thing that we have show notes. Um, Something about how to fail. Yeah, well, I mean, he's he, the whole embrace of failure thing, I mm. think, is so sort of commonplace now. Mm. But he's got a, a fairly fresh take on it because... Um, he talks about the opportunities that failure creates, mm, um, which, you know, is, is along the lines of the whole sort of lean startup kind of fail quickly and early and learn mm, from it mm, idea. Mm. Um, but for him, it's, it's more than that, because, you know, some of his failed businesses in inverted commas were where he made his most important connections mm. with people who helped him do other things later on in life. Mm. Um, and, and also, you quickly learn whether or not you're suited for something. Um, by getting into it really quickly and with yeah. a lot of energy. <laughs> so again, rather just going with the system than setting the goal and defining that that's the thing, because your goal might be wrong. Absolutely. It might not be the kind of business that you want to be in. Mm. Well, I just found it refreshing because it's like, I don't have a goal. I don't know yeah. what I want. I, I have absolutely no idea what the end state <laughs> looks like. I have a fairly good idea that it involves doing as little as possible yeah. and getting as much reward for that as possible. <laughs> so I can play video games and totally. read books and totally. travel and yeah. eat really well and yeah. hang out with interesting people. And, and is, I'm not ashamed of that. Fuck no, it. That's what no. I want to do I mean, also with you, my time. You might die tomorrow. So, you know. Yeah. 
You can change the world uh, only to have it consumed by a fireball. Apparently, <laughs> and that's then, not true. I was ta- this is I work with such nerds. Oh my god! I was talking wow, about just looking around. I know. Um, yeah, I'll take you on an updated definitely tour of the do. nerdiness. You have to explain that dashboard to me. Oh, okay. So it looks important. Is that your traffic <laughs> management system? No, more exciting. That is uh, so. Quirk is a democracy, right? We we elect a president once once every six months, and the president oh, Jesus, gets to. Are you serious? No, I'm dead serious. President sits in board meetings and is exposed to everything, and is okay. allowed to communicate anything that happens in a board meeting to anyone else. Right. Any decision taken by the board can be overturned by a quorum of twenty percent, or so it goes to vote at if there's a quorum of twenty percent. That is the democracy board of issues that are up for voting. What? I know. Craziness. And I mean, they're very mundane and petty. This is the sad tragedy of what happens when you give democracy to people is they argue about the fact that the beers aren't cold enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, you were, you were, you were uh, saying something about nerds and uh, the earth oh, exploding. Apparently, and- when the sun explodes, so it obviously it will expand slightly mm-hmm. and then it will contract. When it expands, it won't envelop the earth. It will envelop mercury only. Oh, Okay. Look, it still ends badly for us. <laughs> We're still going to die. It's still fiery death, yeah, right? Totally. Or is it cold death first? It doesn't matter. It's fiery death first. It's tragic and horrible. <laughs> By um, which time we'll be living somewhere else yeah. as a species. I'm or not saying it negates or... all our efforts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, let's try and change the world for right now. Yeah. More than no, and changing a the world statement. for right now might mean changing your world so that it I'm saying a lot of stupid things this science. morning, Sam. It's okay, it's early. It is very early, yeah. And I'm in Joburg. Mm. Man, that traffic is something <laughs> else. How do you fix traffic? You can't fix. Well, uh, I shouldn't say that. I met an IBM uh, engineer. I don't know if he's an engineer, but he was working on this project as part of their Smart Planet initiative, cool. which is pretty amazing and has a great name, but is actually just a way of setting analytics software. <laughs> <laughs> Good for them. But he, he had worked out an algorithm and a, pa- a system to solve New York's traffic flow. That's interesting. Um, and if I remember correctly, it was something as simple as just stimulating traffic flow um, consistently throughout the day mm. instead of having like rush hours as such mm. um, so by, but there was more to it than that office hours I can't remember the whole thing I need yeah. to look into it but kind of it, it can be done but what he was saying was um, you can never sort of solve it once and for all right yeah. because as human beings we will always consume more of whatever's available so yeah. you know there have been highway projects around the world to expand highways mm-hmm. so they can handle greater loads mm-hmm. um, but then we just fill them up you know it's kind of like bandwidth pipes sure. you're always going to use the maximum of what's afforded to you yeah. you know we've got HD video now on Netflix give us fatter pipes and we'll watch 4K video yeah. on Netflix right find something so I don't know if we drive more or if more people mm. start driving or maybe we, we carpool less and yeah. whatever but highways like building bigger highways and coming up with better ways for traffic to flow isn't the answer mm. it's interesting so the stuff I've read about traffic flows talks it doesn't talk about I mean the capacity problem is clearly yeah. part of it but I think it's also a lot about micro decision making so yes. kind of every individual in the system is making decisions based on how do I get merge with this lane better than yes. anyone else. I'm going to ask my external brain about this. Oh, there we go. And um, as soon as you aggregate all of those micro decisions, it's just, it causes chaos. So this is why uh, uh, self-driving cars, I think, are quite exciting, potentially. Because mm. you could get them to make decisions on behalf of the system. Your democratic internet connection isn't letting me connect to IBM's website. Oh, no. But, you know, that doesn't matter. 
Uh, IBM building a smarter planet traffic smarter case studies. Traffic. Uh, I remember it being pretty interesting. What is it called? It didn't involve flying cars. Oh, um, I'm not interested. But uh, but few things do, and um, and it was interesting. Probably means a South African thing. Cool. IBM is doing some quite sexy stuff at the moment. I love IBM. Yeah. Uh, that's a very strange statement. But I was, <laughs> I went to, I, I, I visited the Watson Research uh, Institute in New York. Yeah. And it's quite an inspirational place to go. Mm. It's sort of a quiet building in the middle of nowhere um, with hushed corridors. But all of the all of the corridors in the building are around the front of the building, which is curved. Uh, and the idea was that you shouldn't ever see the end of a passage in yeah. the Watson Research Institute. So it gives you this idea that it's a never-ending journey all the time. It's very endless game. Yeah, but I met the guys who worked on the Blue Gene Project. Uh, which was fascinating. I mean, yeah. the, the team that cracked the genome. Yeah. Um, okay. And they were working on individual medicine. And they had a, a, an entire model for the heart they'd constructed, so you could test very various chemicals flowing through a human heart. Oh and it was it was bananas, and I didn't understand it. it Met a guy. Amazing. I think we've discussed this before. Working on a DNA transistor. I don't think we have. So at the moment, uh, decoding an individual genome takes a really long time and mm. it's expensive mm. um, this DNA transistor I don't, I don't actually know what happened with the project because this was a while ago now mm. um, but he was saying they could get it to under a thousand dollars and it would take two hours to do your oh, individual wow. genome so the idea was in the future you'd visit the doctor and um, he'd, he'd do your genome for you yeah. and they would be stored in a central database and then you know it would, it would firstly you could get individual medicines made specifically for you Jeez. but also the doctor when he diagnoses anything or her uh, could rule out things immediately it's mm. like okay well it's definitely not this because mm. you don't have gene whatever yeah um, That's so cool. And then I saw carbon nanotubes under an oh. electron microscope. It was just like that sounds a nerd frenzy, dude, right? That sounds like the best field trip in the world. It was the best field trip in the world. <laughs> That's so cool. Have you ever thought about getting 23andMe done? The, yeah, the d- totally, yeah, totally. I think I want to pool what? with a bunch of people because it's obviously the shipping is a bit of a bitch. $99. Yeah, but they don't ship to South Africa. So how many to, points do they pick up now on your genome? Know, 240 plus health conditions. Jeez. Isn't that cool? Did you see uh, Richard Dawkins did a BBC documentary called Life, Sex and Something? Mm. Um, I don't know if I want to see Richard Dawkins talking about sex. It's kind of like having a grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, he gets... He gets yeah, and he gets his entire genome uh, done properly, oh, wow. not like the um, what is it called twenty three and me, where where they can do a good percentage of it. He gets absolutely everything done. Oh, it's wow. fascinating. It's slightly terrifying though. Like I mean, I I'm kind of scared to know what genes I carry because there's some really gross diseases in oh, my family. Dude. You know, sex, death, and the meaning of life. Mm. The three episodes. They're all available on YouTube. We'll post links to them on uh, in the awesome. show notes. Um, but for example, mm. the gene, you know, the famous gene for lung cancer. Yeah. The interesting thing is it doesn't predispose you um, from a sort of uh, biological perspective to lung cancer directly. Mm. What it does is people with that gene inhale cigarette smoke more deeply mm. and tend to smoke the cigarette down to the filter. Mm. Uh, and that's why that gene contributes so strongly oh, to lung wow. cancer. So it's actually like a... Like a- a behavior yeah it's huh. a behavior shaping gene rather than a oh, 
than a gene that has something in your lungs that predisposes you to. I mean, when you get down to the nitty gritty of it, right? I mean, isn't there also the sense of if you knew every single gene that you had, you had it fully mapped, you would feel like every single thing that you do is just completely predetermined. You know? Yeah, well, it's. Yeah. I wonder if there's a video gaming gene, like people who just really love video well, games. Well, obviously there is, right? Because <laughs> yeah. it's all genes. That's, yeah. that's all there is. But yeah. I think once you know that stuff, yeah. then uh, it, it starts to interfere with your uh, denial. Mm. about our existence yeah. which is never a good thing right <laughs> so it's like that's important you can go and get a complete body scan when you know that yeah. that will find anything that is the beginnings of anything else in your body and you should mm. do that mm. you know every mm. year probably mm. um but part of you goes i don't really want to know yeah that's exactly it yeah. i want to ignore the moist body robot <laughs> 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 and just uh, and just pretend everything's okay. Yeah, yeah. And I'm immortal, and yeah. it's fine. Yeah. And um, and so that happened. I must say, getting old scares me far more than dying. Dying seems fine because you're not around for it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's not getting a concern. Getting old is kind of scary. Effect. Yeah. So Google is uh, working on that problem, right? Uh, what's the name of the new Are startup? They? Yeah. Google. How can uh, we not aging. die? Uh, they've just put a lot of money into it. Um, and uh, and I can't see anything on the interwebs at Quirk. You you allow me to see the uh, just the Goog. Yeah, Calico is the name of the company. Do you have any torrents running? No. Okay, because it does block everything. How dare you! (laughs) I am streaming. I I can tell you that because it's happened to me several billion times. I'm streaming our show on the internet, but that's Uh, uh, not illegal. Calico, right? Yeah. The anti-aging startup. Uh, and they, they, the the guy they put in charge of it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Uh, but Google's plying a lot of money into the anti-aging space. Mm. So uh, that's cool. So well done, Google. Did we talk previously about the Radio Lab episode that was talking about uh, baby mice blood? I think we did. No, I don't remember it. So it was a fascinating episode. It was though. amazing. So kind of, but it does lead you to what was but 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 blah 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 that old queen who used to bathe in babies' blood. <laughs> Elton John, no. <laughs> <laughs> that one. Uh, yeah. So there's there's proteins in young people's blood that you could extract. You oh, can yes. extract them and put them in old people's blood, and all of a sudden they can form new neurons. It was a fascinating episode. Was it Radio Lab? It was Radio it was Lab? Radio hey. Lab. Every mm, good thing in the mm-hmm, world comes from Radio mm-hmm. Lab. And now that you're mentioning it, I remember coming over Cliff Neck Road as I was listening to that <laughs> particular episode. Uh, so yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Man, Radio Lab. Such a thing. They they're a big part of why we do what we do. Absolutely. They they rock. Uh, I'll put link to that in the the show notes too. I will put link. Yeah, totally, dude. I'm just promising links left, right, and center. <laughs> We're not writing any of this down. Uh, it's all it's all here. <laughs> sure it is. Sure. <laughs> you you just wait and see those show notes, man. We've had a conversation before They'll about have... how both of us have terrible memories. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I have a, I have a secret, and that is that I usually have to edit these shows and listen to them all again. Oh, so, okay. So that's you know fine. that makes doing the show notes just that little bit easier. Yeah, just a touch. Google backs venture to research aging. That's cool. Analysts don't know what to make of it. If someone gave you a part of like several billion rands worth of research grants, what cause uh, dude, would you give it to? Completely the wrong person to ask. Uh, 
Like anti-aging sounds important, yeah. but there are a lot of people who don't get to the age of four in this totally, world because totally. of the stupid shit we have to contend yeah, yeah, yeah. with, like yeah. malaria and AIDS. That's and why the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is so cool, is because the, yeah. the whole premise of that is let's find the the the, the, lo- the best ROI basically for yeah. investment. You know? So you know, malaria. Bill and Melinda Gates have had to answer that question for themselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Bill, let's ask Bill, what would you do <laughs> with billions of dollars <laughs> to make the world a better to place. make the world a better place? And yeah. I think they've chosen the right the right targets to go for first. Absolutely, like, yeah. let's first uh, stop stupid shit like malaria mm. and AIDS, and then, mm. um, yeah, the, the fancy stuff. Malaria is an indictment on our species. Absolutely, it's like the easiest thing to to stop doing. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it, malaria used to be a thing in North America, mm. used to be a thing in Europe. Mm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I got the flu when I was in Kenya and I totally had this feverish 2 a.m. thought of, oh my God, I have I've malaria. I've got cerebral malaria. Exactly. And I'm never going to see the morning. So this is how it ends. Oh <laughs> 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 no. So melodramatic. I had, a, I had a friend who went to Mozambique in, uh-huh. uh, in, in college and... Uh, and while he was there, stopped his malaria meds because they were interfering with the other things he was doing to have fun in Mozambique. Uh-huh. Drinking beer. As you know, one does. Partying on the beach. Mm, mm. Um, he was like, <laughs> hmm, not get malaria, party, I'm going to go to the party. Uh, got That's home. Cool. We were supposed to meet up for dinner just after he got back. And he was like, I think I've got flu, man. <laughs> <laughs> Two days later, oh, ICU, cere- uh, cerebral malaria. He survived, but uh, it was not pretty. Oh he God. looked like a skeleton dipped in wax oh for a while. <laughs> I'm still paranoid because I can still get it for the next year. I didn't take any anti-malarial stuff at But Kenya's... Which part of Kenya? Nairobi. Uh, I went, but I also went out to Lake Nakuru, which oh, is right, a yeah, high yeah, malaria yeah, yeah, risk yeah. area, apparently. But there were awesome flamingos. Yeah, so, you know. So long as you got your yellow fever jab, I did. You do not want yellow fever. No, not really. Uh, yeah, it's uh, not a good time. Yeah, <laughs> not that much fun. Yeah, yeah. Mm. When when all of the blood in you comes out of all of the holes mm. you have, it's not so much. Yeah. You know. No. Uh, or something. Uh. <laughs> I'm not sure what happens Gross. <laughs> with yellow fever, uh. but um, but it sounds terrible. It does sound pretty bad. All right. How I long think... have we been talking? I don't have. I normally have audio hijack going. Yeah. And it tells me. Hmm. I think we've been going for about half an hour. Cool. Should we stick a fork in it? Let's stick a fork in it and then go and stick an actual fork in actual food. Oh, let's do that. Okay. It was good to see you in person, Sam. I know. It's so much fun. And uh, we'll do this over, over Skype again next okay, week. Okay, cool. All right. Yay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Where are you going, dumbass? That's so weird. Wait, I'm going to un-Skype you. <laughs> End my Skype call. That's amazing. That was fun.